You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. And as we said before the break, uh, the federal government is not the only one running into problems. The provincial government is also uh, having not such a good couple of days. Uh, This, as there is no end in sight to the protests over the progressive conservatives' new plans on the autism file. Randy Hillier, independent-minded MPP, has been suspended from the Progressive Conservative Caucus after making comments deemed by the Premier as, quote, disrespectful to the parents of children with autism. So just to refresh your memory, the uh, incident occurred as dozens of emotional parents jammed the visitors' galleries yesterday. One MPP said it was so bad that the security guards were actually delivering tissues to crying parents. And in the midst of the back and forth, Hillier apparently said, yada, 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 people, that is not the strongest diss words I have ever heard coming out of Queen's Park, not by a long shot. So Hillier says it was directed at the NDP, at Monique Taylor, but the premier suspended him indefinitely. Now, uh, as I said, he's known as being very independent mind. So was, was, was this just an excuse to get him? Or is it a sign that this whole file is out of control and has lots of danger? What is your take on this? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Right now we're going to Jerry Nickel and John Mikitishan. Hey there. Hi, Libby. Hello. Okay, let us start with Jerry. What is your take on this? Well, I think, uh, I think your description of Randy Hillier's independent mining is a good one. Uh, other people might say provocative. Um, he's always been that way. He's been that way, you know, all the way back to his days when he was head up, heading up the Ontario Landowners Association. Um, I think what happened to Hillier this time, however, was he just got caught up in a larger story. And I think that you did a good job, Libby, of kind of, you know, recapping what's happening with the with the Ford Conservatives and this whole autism file. And one of the things that's being thrown against them is that they lack compassion. They don't care about these autistic families, you know, all they care about is the bottom line. And I've, I, 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 as I always say, uh, you know, the truth doesn't matter in politics. All that matters is the perception of truth. And the perception right now is that the Tories look unfeeling. So when Hillier gets up and he does his little yada, yada, yada thing, that adds to the narrative. So I think what the Conservatives wanted to do, or the Ford Conservatives wanted, wanted to do, was nip this in the bud. That's why they dropped the hammer on Hillier the way they did. They wanted to send a message out that, no, we, this is not us, okay? We we're not like this, and, and, and we want the story to go away. Let's bring in John McEtition. Uh, did they drop the hammer on the right person? I mean, Lisa McLeod is the minister on the file, and there was that very damaging story about her saying that when she met with autism advocates before bringing down these changes, which I'll refresh people's memories about in a second, uh, that she said, uh, if you don't come out with a quote in support of this, it's going to be a long four years. I mean, that to me is is more serious than yada, yada, yada. Well, let me address like the two different personalities, which says something about this. And uh, 
let, let me even back up further and say, uh, per Jerry's comments, uh, uh, I, I really think they're sad, and unfortunately, they're very true. So the reality here, I think, is that um, with our uh, yada yada friend, um, he's not a major player in the Conservative Party. One of the upsides of having a big caucus is that uh, he went from being uh, one of the few bright lights to uh, being one of the dimmer bulbs in caucus. Uh, and the ability to make a mistake, um, which might have survived in the last uh, parliament, in this one, the premier doesn't have to suffer fools. So you make a mistake, even if it was unintentional. I mean, I, I looked at the uh, the video last night. And you can see him walking down the hallways, like, like, what did I do? Like, I don't understand. I was talking to the opposition. It was like, right, but that you were talking to the opposition with in a universe that's a on camera and b with with parents in the room who were very upset. So he had no social graces at all, and the premier did the appropriate thing. Now the question of is there an ulterior motive? Time will tell to see how quick he comes back. Um, your question about Lisa. Lisa's the golden child. Uh, first, she's a cabinet minister, and not just a cabinet minister, a major cabinet minister, and probably one of the four or five people in caucus closest to the premier. So I, I can't even imagine what it would take for her in an error, in a misstep, to ever be disciplined in a similar fashion. Uh, Jerry, do you agree? I mean, is she the really the person who who caused the problem here? Well, yeah, I think I, I think. Well, I think her behavior was clumsy on this. I don't think it was all that unusual for a cabinet minister or for a politician to reach out to you know to stakeholder groups and say, "Hey, you know what? We, we think it'd be a good idea if you supported this measure. If you came out with a quote saying that this was a that, that you think this is a good idea." When I used to work for a group called the National Citizens Coalition, I used to get you know calls from politicians all the time saying, "Look, you know, we're, we're doing this, and we really like it if you if you, if you if you came out on our side." So that's not unusual. I think what was unusual in what she did was she there was this implied threat that you know you better play along or else. Uh, usually, that's that's not spoken. It might be sort of hanging in the air, unspoken, but you don't come out and say it. So I think her handling of this was very clumsy. And I think the problem for the conservatives, or for the progressive conservatives, is it got them off message. Suddenly they weren't talking about why their program was a good one or why it was needed. Suddenly they're on the defensive for, 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 for taking this action. So, yeah, it was a clumsy error on her part. I don't think Ford will, will get rid of her for it because you don't want to give the opposition that kind of a victory. It's one thing of getting rid of, you know, of putting Randy Hillier in the corner. Uh, you know, he's just a he's just a MPP. He's not a cabinet minister. No, most people have never heard of him, probably. So, and he's and this is not the first time he's landed on hot water with the party. So it's one thing to do that to him, Cloud. That's a different story, and I don't think Ford wants to give the opposition that kind of victory. So he's going to stand by her. She's already apologized, and so for the conservatives, they can say, "Yeah, okay, that story's over. Let's move on." Well. But is the autism story over? Uh, we have not covered it extensively here just because of the nature of our 
demographics, but, uh, you know, the, the conservatives came out and they said, look, at, there's a huge waiting list, 23,000, and we only have a finite amount of money, so we're going to distribute the money, we're going to get rid of the waiting list, but everybody's going to get less money as opposed to some people getting huge amounts of money. Um, and, you know, the, the advocacy groups, they're not letting go because there are people who um, are going to be adversely impacted by this. Well, and that, that becomes the test now, right? The reality is that uh, anybody in their situation would be upset. And look, we're, we're talking about children. We're talking about their children. So it's totally understandable for them to have the passion that they have, but they're not helping their own cause by screaming in the hallways of Parliament. Uh, protesting outside, there are lots and lots of things that they can do. And look, as a group in society that's unhappy, uh, the challenge is now back to them uh, to change a public policy. The government's announced its approach, and whether or not this is a story that fades or not, is really up to the you know the the people most committed, uh, most affected, to do everything they can to keep it an issue, uh, keep it around, uh, so that you are talking about it weeks from now, and that is a very hard task, but it's the one that's before them now. Well, it's interesting, you know. Doug Ford said he thought this was the toughest file he's ever seen. Jerry, well, yeah, well, absolutely, it's a tough file, and I think that this. This kind of shows you the difficulties any government will face when it goes into power saying, you know, we're going to cut back on spending, we're going to balance the budget, we're going to sort of, you know, whittle away at the debt, and we're going to make fiscal priorities our main concern. Sounds good, but once you start doing it in practice, it's like walking into a minefield, especially when we're talking about, you know, helping autistic children. And I think that the, the problem for the conservatives when it comes to dealing like, with something like this is that conservatives are more fiscally oriented. So they're going to come up and say, oh, we have to save money. And so, therefore, we have to, we have to reform this program. That, that will appeal to kind of the, the, the conservative base, people who are kind of dollars-oriented and fiscal-oriented. But there's a large group of voters in this province. You know, pollsters, pollsters will sometimes call them the heart cluster who care about emotion. That's what, that's, what it, that's what moves them, emotion. And there's nothing more emotional than seeing these families with autistic children, you know, worrying and, 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 and saying this is, this is going to cause them hardship. That's going to pluck at their heartstrings. And so what the PCs have to do is they have to deal with this. They have to make the case to the Ontario voters why this is needed and why it's going to be it's that they care about these people and they're going to treat them fairly. Because let's not forget that the Liberals, who pride themselves on being the party of compassion, even they, even they had a hard time with this file. Well, I believe uh, they had to back off on it eventually. Unless, so, yeah, this is going to be a real challenge for the Ford government. Un- unless there's unlimited funds. I, j- I just want to go over the changes, is that what they said is rather than keeping a waiting list uh, that is... 23,000, I think, long. They're going to 
distribute the money and there's going to be an income means test and the only people who are going to be eligible for the maximum, which is $20,000 a year of help with this, uh, are people who make $55,000 or less, uh, which advocacy groups say is a ridiculous bar because the treatment can cost $80,000 a year. So that's where they're at. And even though the government says it's it's distributing the money more equitably, this, in fact, is going to save them a lot of money. So everybody, just uh, keep that under your hat. People, I'm going to give the numbers out again because I want to hear from you. As per our guests, are you a, a money voter or are you a heart voter? And, and if we all acknowledge that this is a tough file, do you think that the government did the right thing on this? The numbers to call... Before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be back with John McCutition and Jerry Nichols. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about the suspension of Randy Hillier amidst the furor over the new autism plans uh, and the kind of pushback the government has received. We're talking to John McCutition and Jerry Nichols. Uh, and I'm going to take a few phone calls. Let's go to Jamie in Toronto. Hi, Jamie. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not too bad. I'm a little infuriated, though, because... Um Okay, we we took in our great nephew years ago, and we had three years of funding. Uh, he is an you, autistic child. Okay, and yes. And without that funding, I just don't know where he would have been today. Uh, and my husband and I could not afford it. It would have been another mortgage on our house. And he's doing extremely well because that program was implemented for him when he was a very young child. And I... I would love for the people that are making the comments and saying, you know, we're going to help out and we're going to distribute it in different ways and calling it the autism thing. My say is to go and live with a family for one week with an autistic child and see how difficult life is. It is not easy. And if you don't have that experience, because I didn't know, and my husband didn't know a thing about autism until we took our great-nephew in. And, boy, it's a tough life. You love your child more than anything. It's a good life, but you need to be out there and you need to be on top of it. And I can understand, you know, everyone's saying, you know, people shouldn't be screaming in the hallways. They need their voices heard because what else can they do? Uh, they shouldn't even have to go through this process right now. They've got enough to deal with. So it's, it's just, I don't know, uh, live in our shoes and then make all these comments. And, and Jamie, thank you so much for sharing that because obviously that is, uh, that is the real perspective. But what do you, what do you say their, their argument was, what about all those people who get nothing because they're on a waiting list? We waited on a waiting list for three years till we got our money. We had to wait for three years, and in the interim, I quit my job, and I took as uh, many classes as I could to try and implement a type of therapy for our great-nephew so that he wouldn't miss out, and that brought us down financially. But in the long term, it was worth it because 
where he is today is he's integrated into school. He's doing well. He'll always be behind, but he... um, He's a joy to be with. So parents have to make all these other accommodations, and now they're, they're being told that they might not even get the money they were promised. And I just, I find it really heartbreaking. I really do. It's just more stress upon more stress. Jamie, thank you so much for your perspective. Appreciate it. No problem, Libby. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And let's hear from Paul in Woodstock. Hi, Paul. Hello? Hello? Paul, are you there? Yes, I am, Libby. Thank you very much for taking my call. I I would just like to say that I absolutely agree with the woman that was on just before me. And these these people in government have to realize the pressure, the heartbreak that goes with all this. I have seen it, and it breaks my heart just to think about it. To put a dollar figure on this, to have a waiting list for this, how how can these people sleep at night? I'm sure they don't have a problem spending money where they want to spend it. But let's put it where I'm sure most people would agree that, that these people need something. Like, like, have a heart, have some compassion. That, that's pretty much all I have to say. Okay, thanks, Paul, for that. Okay. Uh, Jerry and John, uh, you know, um, you've just heard our callers. What should the government be hearing from that? Well, you know, first of all, Libby, these are the kind of testimonies which really hurt the government. If I was the liberals or I was the new Democrats, I would I would take those and turn them into radio ads, right? Where's the compassion, Mr. Ford? Where's the sympathy for these people, Mr. Ford? It's a, it's, it can be a devastating attack. And, you know, what can the conservatives do about it? Well, as I said before, they've got to get in control of the message. They've got to, it's not just about saving money. They've got to say this is better for 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 parents with autistic children. We're doing better for them than the liberals did. But I tell you right now, I'm sure that they're polling this question every night. And if they decide that this is hurting them too much, they might decide to backtrack on it. Really? Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, it depends. What's more important for this government, sort of its ideological commitment to its principles or pragmatic survival? Um, if, it, if, it's, if it's principles, then they'll stick to it no matter what, no matter what the polls say. But well, if they're being the, more pragmatic and the polls say that this is really hurting them, then, yeah, then, then they might think, see uh, retreat as the better part of valor. So, so where I would disagree with Jerry is that a couple things. One is um, that would be logical, pragmatic, clear-headed thinking from a government uh, that is not committed to doing the job this one has said it's committed to do, and we're in year one of the government. So governments tend to be way more pragmatic in the fourth year than they are in the first, second, or third, because they're grappling with, especially with this, with a change in uh, from in parties. Um, it's a much bigger issue. It's a much bigger problem because the question is, and this is the this is the problem with the government. Uh, you know, they're not villains. They're not bad people. They're, they're a collection of people that have to make some tough choices. And, and what we don't have time in the show to get into, and it's a problem with conversations with politicians in general is, so what would you give up? What do you, what do you have today that you would give up to be able to get to the solution you want? And that becomes very, very problematic. And that's where, 
as I said, um, to, to build a kind of heat, to be persuasive of a majority government that hasn't been in for 15 years, uh, that's very clear on its agenda, what's going to be uh, re- required for the autistic community to uh, convince the government that they need to uh, change their plan is going to be a, a lot of conversations and, unfortunately, probably a lot of protests and a lot of screaming. Okay, but the, the amount of uh, money that would be required to, to keep everybody happy on this is, is huge, is it not? It is, and that's the biggest problem. I mean, the, the reality is there isn't money. Like, everybody's going to be going through cuts, right? And you've already started seeing that happen in a variety of different ministries. This is the one area where the government says we're already committed to spending more money than the Liberals were. And the first question is because, you know, you go back to the first announcement, right, that it was going to be, uh, you know, before one out of four families was being taken care of. So while the, the those families that were getting money are unhappy, their amount of money is now being restricted or reduced, I'm sure the other three families are happy that their needs are being addressed by by getting diagnosed, by getting money, by getting into the system and off a waiting list. Uh, and, and, you know, that lady, uh, you know, that, that commented, talked about being on the waiting list for three years. She, you know, there was kind of an implied, well, I waited, everybody else should wait now. So it, it is difficult because nobody wants to be harsh or make life more difficult than it is for people. The question is, what's got to give in the system? And, uh, you know, I, I heard this morning from the speaker, uh, you know, we've already got the largest debt of any jurisdiction in the world. Well, it, that's, you know, it's not endless. The Liberals are spending $40 million a day more than they had. This government's not going to do the same thing. Okay, uh, we are running out of time on that fascinating conversation. Callers, if we couldn't get to you, Free for All Friday coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, thank you so much to Jerry Nichols and John McEtition. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.